Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. Welcome to show 67, Herb Lab with Deeply Rooted by Bonnie Rose Weaver, where we talk about our ruminations on early herbal experiences. Then, in Herbal 101, we discuss herbs for ocular migraines. Now, here are your hosts, Candice Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candice Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Sue, did you have a great time with Deeply Rooted this week? I did. It was super fun. I liked talking to Mari and Bonnie Rose and then being able to just pick up the book and dive right into it. They were absolutely delightful, weren't they? They were. They were really fun. They were great guests. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I liked looking through the book and some, you know, when you're talking to someone, you get kind of a mental landscape of what they're saying. Yeah. Plus, I've lived in the Bay Area before and, of course, visited. So I was putting those pieces together. And then in their book, they have these little drawings. Yeah, I love around. the artistry. I, I love the one. artwork. It was, it was delightful. Really, it was. It was really sweet. Just these little line drawings. And yet it described very well the area. Like I particularly enjoyed on page 29, they had this little picture of these, this old Victorian house. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I think I know exactly which house this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen that, spent so much time. But the garlands and all the cool little things. Yeah, it, it was, was just, wonderful. Yeah. And it really brought me back, I think, to my own beginnings. Because some of my early herbal beginnings were in San Francisco. Right. Yeah. You, you've traveled up and down the West Coast a bit. And mm-hmm. this has, like, been your home for quite a long while. It has been. Yeah. I yeah. really... I really enjoyed getting to know these different cities as I'm not naturally a city girl. Right. So, no doubt. Yeah, there's some different survival characteristics that you have to pick up in order to live in a city. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the city has its own, it's its own jungle. I mean, when they called it an urban jungle, there's a reason. It's yeah. got its rules. And if you understand how it works, you're, you're good. Yeah. But when you don't, oh, yeah, bad. Unpleasant things happen. One of the things I really loved about this book was they have a lot of wonderful drawings. I really love the seasonal health wheel. Oh. I mean, it was, it was just this, it's a wonderful wheel that talks about the different seasons. And she breaks it up into summer, spring, Winter, fall, and late summer. Oh, which, kind of like the, the like, Chinese. Yeah, kind of uh, like the Chinese. And honestly, I can see how you could easily have a fifth season. Mm-hmm. I mean, Depending even, on the climate they're in. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, especially growing up in Minnesota, there's definitely a fifth season that's where it's cold. It's pretty much like the month of September and maybe half of October where it's cold and chill. It's definitely not summer, mm-hmm. but the frost hasn't quite kicked in yet. Mm-hmm. Usually by the end of September, normally the frost will come and start to like, then it looks like winter. Right. But it's this sort of, you know, in between time where it's fall, but it's not really fall because there's still harvest and the haze being brought in and all right. of that stuff Apples is still happening. Whatever you got up there. Yeah. And you have days that can be quite warm. But nights they get cold mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's sort of this weird, weird little brief, yeah, yeah, brief. It's a very brief time. Hmm. So yeah. in there, you know, in San Francisco, according to their wheel, it's more like August. I would say here in the Northwest or in, in like the Oregon area, 
August is still the dry season. It's dry, yeah. yeah it's for still, down in San Francisco, they're at the bay, so the maritime yeah. winds start coming in. Right. And it right. does change things. Yeah, out on the coast here, the winds shift too. Usually, though, it's in September. Mm-hmm. So I would say our fifth season probably is kind of like September. Yeah. But I can kind of, you know, I can kind of get it's still, I have to wrap my head around it and kind of distort my ideas a little bit. So did you like that as a harvesting guide or just the way they set it up? Or? I like the way that they set it up. And then it includes things like like for late summer, which would be kind of, well, actually, I'll just look at the autumn one. Mm-hmm. So for you're autumn. You, yeah, Candace is looking at yeah. the book, Deeply Rooted. Yep. And in itself. autumn, they have uh, the harvesting is pears and apples. And then um, the energy of the season is let go. You know, it's kind of like the mantra, just let go. Oh, okay. You know, relax, let go. Like sadness frozen. and grief. Yeah. Let it go. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> probably stopped. Not. I stopped. I stopped. Probably I stopped. No. Okay. Thank you. Okay. No, actually, I might make you actually sing that. You want to go for it? <laughs> oh, holy. <laughs> <Acapellas>. <laughs> so then it's uh, sadness and grief would be the emotions or the what you're going through, you know, what's mm-hmm. happening through this time of year. There's affinity with the lungs and the large intestines. Roots are the herbal part of the plant that the, we focus on at this time of year. Yeah, because you're harvesting a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, like within the Chinese or the five element system, metal would be this time of year. Mm-hmm. That's and the element. That's the element okay. of metal. And then evening and white is the color. So evening is the time. White? Yeah, and white. Why? I would think that'd be winter, like snow, I'm not, fog. I'm not sure, but it's I all about think weather. If, if I remember right from the Chinese system, because I, well, it's been a couple weeks since I read it, mm-hmm. but I think metal is associated with the color white in that system. So I might be wrong there, though. Huh? Huh? I mean, so I'm not sure. I mean, white is definitely the color of grief in China. You know, oh, a, yeah, you yeah, know. sure. So, yeah, that's what you, know. you wear to a funeral. Yeah. You wear white. Exactly. And it is, I mean, even though we wear black to funerals in the West, people talk about you go into the light and, you know, your, your departed loved ones are going hopefully to heaven in the light, mm. which would be that light, blinding white. white light. Okay. So, you know, either you're focusing on the black, which is the grief of us left behind, or you're focusing on the white, which is the new life that's happening for those who have left. Okay. So it's a stretch. Again, like I said, that's one of those ones I have to like really work to try and find a way to make it logical. Right. (laughs) That's not a good thing. It looks like we need to do some more exploring on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that particular choice was definitely rooted in an actual system that makes sense mm-hmm. just because my little system in my head doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I can think of know. some of the things that a harvest, I think like I always think of yarrow as being white Yeah, and, and I've gotten some great harvests of yarrow. I mean, it's available long period of time. It is. Huge it period is. of time, especially if you're willing to go a couple different elevations, but yeah. that's a, that's, I mean, you can figure out how to make it work any other, any old way, but that's kind of cool. I, yeah. I, lungs and intestines. Yeah, and that's definitely coming out of the Chinese five element system. And I am so rudimentary on that. I cannot mm-hmm. tell you why, but I know that lungs and intestines are associated with the element of metal. Uh huh. And again, I mean, I've why only read one will? book so far. Yeah. Okay. I've got a lot more. I got a lot more learning to do there. I wish Zoe us. was here. If she was here, she would just she would be able like, to answer this. School us. She'd yeah. probably be like, "Well, duh, obviously." Jeez. <laughs> yeah. 
So another thing that I really loved about this, which I think kind of inspired me, is that as many folks know, I've been a renter in the house that I'm living in for darn near a decade. Mm-hmm. Not quite, but close. Right. And just this fall, after going through a housing crisis over the summer, we were, thank God, in the position to be able to actually purchase the house. And we just closed on our house. Up until now, I have put plants in here and there, but I haven't really thought about, you know, I thought about if it's this is a good spot for the plant. You've lived in a temporary setting. Yeah, exactly. But like. Exactly. Yeah. I've chosen plants that are easy to replace. Should I go somewhere else or mm-hmm. that sort of thing? Seeing the map that she had drawn out in there got me thinking now that I own my space, I should start actually keeping a better record of what I've got going on because eventually I would love for, especially like my front yard and my side yard to be a demonstration garden. So you're talking like a you map know? or yeah, a log? Yeah, a map. Or and a... she's got this awesome little map in here in the middle of the book. It's like right about the center of the book. I forgot the page number on oh, it. Oh yeah, I, I aren't seeing that. That was pretty yeah, cool. It she was really cool. showed how that uh, 1840 49 garden was set up with the where the fig tree and the compost and like really specific yeah she's got the directions all set out i mean it's a really terrific little map and i thought it caught me inspired to think you know for one thing i'm looking at how densely planted this looks like it is and yet there's space to move and space to you know get to each of the plants and they've Mm -hmm. got space to grow and all that so i'm thinking okay that's inspiring i can start looking at my yard more as little planting zones instead mm-hmm. of thinking, how do I fill in this great expanse of grass? Right. You know, and right. should I rip out the lawn cloth or not? Yeah. You know, and then also just, like I said, keeping track of what I've got. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, I was inspired to get my first elder tree, which I've wanted to do for many years, but again, was living in a more temporary mindset. Yeah. Not so. an elderberry bush, but an elder tree. Well, I got it. The one that I got is going to be more of a shrub shape because it's going to grow only to about five or six feet tall. Okay. And partly I did chose that That's because... That's adorable. Yeah. It, it should be a really cute little airy shrub-like miniature tree, uh-huh. you know? And it'll probably be... It has multiple stems, so I'm expecting it to be more of a semi-shrubby look. Okay. And so I thought, you know, I want to write down the actual cultivar that I got. Not just that's an elder tree. But, right, you know, it's an, a ranch specific. elder. Oh man, I wish you I know? had done that. I put an apple in the ground, and I, I <laughs> I'm sure I would never ever forget which one it is. And there, there are, are so hundreds apples. of apples. People yes. ask me all the time, "Oh, this is a great apple, and it produces so well. What type is it?" Mm. Well, it starts is, with an A. It's got green parts and it's, <laughs> it's crunchy. Got a couple P's. Yes. There's an L in there, and I think it finishes with an E. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't write it down. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Yeah, and, and I have that was 18 I mean, years ago. Most everything I've got, I haven't bothered to write it down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are in my yard that I didn't choose. They're here, and they are here. Yeah. Some of them will stay. Some of them may find other homes. Mostly, they'll probably stay because I have a hard time evicting anybody. Sure, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. But I, I thought, you know, I'm going to take that idea of keeping the records and, and making a little map, and I'm going to start that for my own yard, especially the areas that I know I want eventually to be able to share with others, share right. with the public, share with people. Yeah, you know, God knows if I'll ever have students. I mean, right. I, I right. dream sure. of the idea. We don't, we but, don't know. Yeah. We didn't know we were going to be here. Yeah, exactly. I dream of the idea. I've been thinking about that for, what has it been, eight, nine years that we've been mm-hmm. doing the Practical Herbalist? 
Yep. But I never really expected it could happen. And I never would have thought we'd be doing a podcast. Oh, well, they weren't invented yet. I know, right? Yeah. So I figure, you know, we turn this into a nice demonstration garden and I have an actual map and remember what everything is. Yeah. That'd be helpful. I I liked, the thing I liked about this book was kind of going back to my my own youth in herbs Mm -hmm. and remembering some of those stories and... You know, people ask me all the time, well, how did you become an herbalist? I'm like, oh, I got sick, you know, everybody else. And and that's true. And yet with every journey, where do you start when you talk about your beginning? Right. You know, so yeah. for for these gals, they have several stories in the, this book mm-hmm. about their beginnings, yeah. or different people's beginnings or introductions to different plants or what have you. But it really kind of harkened back to me some of the ways that... I started with the appreciation of the botanical world and, you know, how these, the plants interact with their environment and how I can better interact with them. Yeah. You know, that was a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. It was some, I had some really nice memories uh, of uh, being a camp counselor, yeah. for example. Yeah. And part of the curriculum was teaching the kids the different plants. And I was just looking around, I don't know what this stuff is. I'm not from this area. Look, it's green. Yeah, it's green. <laughs> don't stick it in your eye. Yeah, but just remembering, how, learning from the elders, at, mm-hmm. you know, the, the adults, which were probably my the yeah. age that I am now. They're, they're so probably old. middle-aged. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but learning, their, hearing their stories. And this is a good story to teach the kids. And mm-hmm. I'm just sucking it in like a biscuit with gravy. Just and you're a wonderful storyteller. Well, oh, my gosh. I, I had to learn that from my grandmother, too, because that's mm-hmm. how she was crippled from polio. Oh. So she had yeah. six kids. Oh, and geez. to call them in, then yeah. she would start telling stories and you right. don't want to miss out on that. So you come in and you get quiet. Right. You know, yeah. so she was just, that's a great, and my mother would do that kind of stuff too. She was really great at just telling about little dumb things. You know, there wasn't even like this long beginning and end story, but it was just this mm-hmm. gentle speaking about some small thing with her day and you just get pulled, pulled into in. it. Yeah, I, I used to. I remember loving listening to the stories around me when my grandmother and grandfather would come, or the aunts and uncles would come and visit. I always be the one who was lurking, you know, the kid who was lurking around and just quietly listening to everything they were saying because there were so many interesting stories, pieces of information. They shared so many details, and I think most of the time I didn't even realize that they were telling stories. Yeah, because they were conversing amongst themselves. Sure, you know, but yeah, I was listening and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. And those pieces just kind of stuck. It's part of it is the, well, what kind of telephone you had? It hung up on a wall, but you literally hung it up. It was like a bell shaped thing (laughs) and you had to crank it. And my mom telling, talking about being a telephone operator. You know, and plug, yeah. plugging and unplugging plugging things and, unplugging and having a little earphone. The giant earphone. The giant earphone <laughs> and what that was like and party lines. I remember party lines yeah. from my youth and just those kind of stories. But for herbalism, it just yeah. like I learned totally different herbs when I was starting than I wished I had learned. Yeah. 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 Actually, for me, a lot of the ones that are in Deeply Rooted are herbs that were part of my early education. And some of the things in Minnesota are hard. There's a lot of herbs that don't, that are often covered, but don't grow real well. Mm -hmm. Like rosemary is an annual. 
Sage is an annual. Lavender is oh, an wow. annual because okay. the winters are really they cold. They just kill them. Yeah, so it'll just kill them. But those are things that I learned about. And you can get rosemary, sage, lavender easily. They're all in the groceries mm-hmm. spice aisle. So why you know? would you want to grow so, them? They're well, only going to live a little bit. Yeah. It's not as – yeah, exactly. And I, I mean I have – I had purchased multiple rosemaries that – I managed to kill because I'd bring them in in the winter thinking that somehow I was going to be able to make the dark climate work and they would, you know, slowly die over the course of the dark winters and the winters there are really long. So it's a long time before you can put it back out in in the sun Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out very well. But I mean, I I managed to kill off multiple rosemary sages times, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I tried pulling Mm. rosemary in as a houseplant. Yeah, because there was all these magazines that you can grow it inside. Yeah, if you've got really brilliant lights, Mm -hmm. if you have like cannabis growing lights from your ceiling, then you can grow rosemary inside. But not for the rest of us. Yeah, Yeah. when they said you, they weren't talking about me. Because I would just kill them time and time and time again. Yeah. I thought, well, I can grow houseplants. Yeah. I don't understand why this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, and, and Except for houseplants are, for the most part, jungle plants that are from the understory. So they're used to getting filtered light. Oh, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Aloe. I could do aloe. Yep. I could do yeah. aloe so much that it was kind of spooky. Like, now what do I do with it? Mm. <laughs> like, the way it would die is it would get too heavy and fall over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was that was how to how to kill it. Now it's time for a real herbalism radio sponsor break. The Practical Herbalist Press. That's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us. But others eventually as <laughs> yes, well. That's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family. Ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic. Herbs, like yeah. Historic. Mm-hmm. Whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing. Mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal-related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. But yeah, so, uh, I didn't learn with the with lavender. Yeah. I wish I had. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was, it was stuff like that, you know, yeah. the lavenders, like, the mints, catnip. I mean, yeah. The simple, simple ones. ones. It was always like the things that I learned with was, was the hard ones, like black co-wash. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think like I was just trying to figure out how to regulate my own cycles too. So right. I, I didn't even have awesome, like raspberry. If I had learned nice. how to regulate yeah. my cycle with raspberry, I would be a totally different person. But no, it's right. like, oh, no. Angelica. And all oh, of yeah, these really Complex, difficult. hard to diagnose when to use them. Right. Not, yeah. And I didn't really know who I was either. Yeah. You know, I was just yeah. this dumb kid, you know, with just mm-hmm. one shoe on and the other one somewhere god knows where i didn't i didn't know (laughs) where i was who i was or anything and so trying to throw an herb on that was just a fool's errand Uh, you probably could have used a really good mentor could have yeah there weren't that many it seemed i mean there were there were a lot of people like rosemary gladstar starting Mm -hmm. but they were not big names and they weren't well known and they weren't like today you can 
Google Rosemary Gladstone. Yeah. Or, you oh, know? yeah. This is before the internet. This is way before that. Yeah. Right. So we had these crazy books that um, a lot of them were just crap. Honestly, it was mm-hmm. just like, I think probably this would happen. And I heard this yeah. story. And <laughs> right, so this right. is this is now fact. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I am honoring my ancestors. Are you sure you heard that right? Yeah, exactly. Which ancestor was that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah crazy. The guy, the guy from the loony bin. Right. Yeah, maybe not as much so. Right. There's. You know. I mean, I honor my ancestors too. And some of the people in my family used like, witch hazel, for example. Uh-huh. And they use it well. But some of the other stuff was just... Yeah. I don't even, what, why would, why would you even do that? What are you doing? Right. You know, it's just, there's some stuff that's dumb that you pass down through families right. too. <laughs> there <laughs> is. There I didn't is. really understand how to tell the difference. Like I couldn't, I don't feel like I could discern it, but now we have research and yes. we have yeah. a little more, a wider documentation of, of different histories. And yeah. so that information is easier to glean and, and little books like this. Yeah. You know, I wish I had something like that. I know. Right. Yeah, especially, I mean, early on, I when I started with herbalism, I didn't realize at the time that I was more sensitive than the normal person. I just thought, this is, everybody's like this. Sure. I don't understand why these people are such jerks to each other, because doesn't that hurt? Yeah. It hurt me, huh? yeah. you know. Why would you say that? Yeah. So, the the doses that they were suggesting, you know, two or three droppers full three times a day, mm-hmm. you know, of anything, whatever, even if it's something like a rosemary or a basil, or, you know, some relatively a nettle, you know, that, right. that's for someone like me, that's a really heavy dose. Yeah. I need five drops two or three times mm-hmm. a day, you know, yeah, which really they low. describe as like spirit medicine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I loved that aspect of deeply rooted because she's got both sides. And mm-hmm. that was something that, when I first started, you either got the spirit medicine-ish approach, which I always thought as being like the homeopathic approach where you're using really light amounts. Yeah. And what you're using isn't necessarily homeopathy specifically. You might, it might be something that like, it might be black triggering stuff. Yeah, exactly. It might be like black cohosh, but they're using that side of the fence says, Oh, you know, two drops. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then the other, the other approach that I was able to find was the, multiple droppers full, the really heavy approach. Right. And I didn't know how to tell which way to go. Yeah. And I love the fact that she's got it there and she's got a nice explanation for understanding the difference. Yeah. And for some people, I think that illness tends to be strongly manifested in the physical and then it permeates into the spiritual. And it mm-hmm. may be that it started with the spiritual, became physical and now permeates out, mm-hmm. but the heavy dose works. That's what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then there's people like me where it's really in the spiritual. And if it gets into the physical, then you got a serious problem. And to get rid of it, you use the spiritual level. And that usually clears up most of it. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times. But that's knowing yeah. yourself again. Exactly. You know, yeah. there's there's no there's no herb for that. You no. just have to know it. That's experience. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that and to be able to learn from other people's experience in different books or hopefully mm-hmm. in podcasts like our own or whatever. That's there's yeah. just so much more out there for people to discern and, and learn from. And I'm just glad that it's out there because I don't I don't wish the way that I learned no. on anybody. No, I trial like, and error is kind of the hard way. It's not. And Constantly it takes forever. The hard way. And then you know, you, where you end up, you know, after yeah. years and years of trying yeah. or, you know, some, you lose some really great people along the way yep. or you get discouraged yeah. or they, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just like, I well, like having what we have now. 
Yeah. So yeah. it was nice to interview was these fun. two gals. Yeah, it was fun. Refreshing. It was very, very refreshing. refreshing. It was a good, some good memories to brew up about learning herbs and some some regrets. I wish that things were easier, but they weren't. No, so what? It is you know, what it was. I, served, you know. I lived to tell about it. And, you know, I, I wish them well on their journey. They got this book tour coming up and mm-hmm. that they're they're going through. And, yeah, you know, that's like, it's, it's exciting. Fun. I, I, I love, I love seeing success for other people. Yeah. Me too. It makes me happy. Yeah. Well, we uh, welcome you listeners to check out our show notes. And we have a lot on the practicalherbalist.com. We'll have links to the Deeply Rooted. Yeah, so we will. Get a hold of that book if you haven't already. Yep. You really should. It was a great read. It was. Yeah. Obviously, it inspired like us. And um, please pay attention to the Facebook page that we have and our Twitter account. And our we have a Pinterest. We have Pinterest. We have Pinterest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we have uh, the Instagram hashtag, the, the Practical Herbalist. Yep. Please definitely share your herbal experiences. I love seeing the images of other people, what they're doing, little stories. Yeah. It's awesome. It so sweet. please do that. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to contact us. And um, please remember our ebooks. We have a oh, lot yeah. of those. We also have sponsorship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people that listen to this and, and they think, wow, I hope that they keep going. Well, yeah. we'll keep going if we can pay our bills. Yeah, so definitely sponsor us. Yeah, you yeah. can do that through Podbean. It's on the website. Just click on the click on the link and you can go there. And it starts off at two bucks a month. Yeah. 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 Easy peasy. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So we appreciate um, the contact that we've had from people and we'll keep chipping away at that and Mm -hmm. um, look forward to the other interviews and shows coming up yeah herbalism 101 this is part of the show where sue and candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge if you would like the dirt on herbs herbalism or anything else related you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Dixie. Dixie asks, what herbs help with ocular migraines? Candice, Sue? That is a most excellent and most timely question, Dixie, as Sue has just done some work on that, haven't you? I absolutely have. So awesome. We mentioned this a a few podcasts back where there was, um, we kept having questions about ocular migraines and, and from at the, at the clinic that I work at the Occupy Medical Clinic and and from the pieces that we've learned over the years, we put together, we being the Royal Sioux, uh, <laughs> put together a formula with ginkgo and cayenne and wood betony, which is the uh, Stadis officinalis, put that in a sure. tincture form. And we have that recipe with the ratios on our website, and it's called Ocular Migraine Formula Remedy. And uh, we have used this in the clinic with great yeah. success. To say you had one person in particular who had had so many, so many things, tried so many different routes and yeah. nothing was working. Yeah, the prescription was like skeptical. She, she came tried. in, she's like, yeah, whatever, I'll right. try it, right? Um, whatever, I'm here, here we go. Yeah, at that time we were doing a clinic in Coos Bay 
So it was nice to be able to help somebody that we don't normally have contact with. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. If I remember right, you said that she came in, she was skeptical mm -hmm. and she said, whatever, I'll give it a try. I have one coming on now anyway. So let's yep. try this out. You gave it to her. She, she walked took away, a took a dose, walked away and came back like less than an hour later, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yep. She's, she's like, like, holy crap. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It's brilliant. I know. It's That's so nice. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And that, you know, ocular migraines, as we've said before, it can have lots of different ways that they manifest. The They can either be responsive to heat, some can be responsive to cold, and this one is particular to ones that are responsive to heat. Okay. So, so what is ones. what is the um, ocular migraine? Let's talk about that briefly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there are many different types of migraines and the ocular migraine is the one that starts uh, around the eye. People will have, they might have blurry vision. Um, it's it's a, caused by usually a spasm or some kind of obstruction in the, you have little tiny blood vessels that are in your eye and around your eye. And a lot of times people will feel it right around the eye. Okay. So they'll get blurry vision, um, pain in that area, um, they get light sensitive, usually mm -hmm. nauseous. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah, it can, can it can go start, into a full blown migraine. Yeah. And for some people it'll start really slowly, mm -hmm. which gives them enough time to treat it. And for some people they'll get like a stabbing sensation and then it's over. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're done for the day. Right. So, um, I've had ones myself. Sometimes when I get migraines, they'll, they usually start with an ocular migraine and all it really looks like is these little floaty spots that come and go. Right. They show and then they're gone. Yeah. And I'll see those a few times and it will happen over the course of a day or two before a migraine is going to start. So I have plenty of time to deal with it. And I know that mine are hormonally induced because they are, it's always at the same point in my cycle. Yeah. So for me, it's a definite hormonal thing. But like Patrick, you get my I, ocular migraines. Yeah, I get the ones that look like shimmering, shimmering water. Oh, yeah. On the sides. It doesn't, there's no pain. It's just uh, my vision gets abrupted and it looks like like it's shimmering. Uh -huh. And uh, I haven't had them in a while, though. So. No, but our son gets them. And when he gets those, they will go fairly quickly into really serious pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but your eye has, there's a lot of space in there with some gel called vitreous. And the floaters that you're talking about mm -hmm. is just this like a gel, a kind of little blockage or bubble of it mm -hmm. that is within that vitreous. And uh, when you get older, like 40 and over, then it can, the protein can, can, can mm -hmm. congeal together. It can get a little, like you'll notice people that have ocular migraines or floaters on one side more than the other, that eye will feel dry more mm -hmm. often. And so, you know, we still need to learn a lot about how the eye works. We need to learn right. about how migraines work. But people report frequently, yeah. and this, again, this is not hard science, but uh, the frequency of reports is a uh, feeling of dryness and inflammation. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, you know, the, the thing that you see recommended is stay hydrated. Right. Um, uh, keep, you know, use eye drops. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never known eye drops to help frankly, for me, no, but staying hydrated is like, that's pretty common and yeah. work on, you know, take herbs or food that helps with circulation Right. are sometimes like the worst thing in the world. Uh, the thing you don't want to do is to exercise, but yes. keeping a good exercise regime 
normally helps. When you don't have an ocular migraine that's already activated, exercising regularly is good. Yeah. Once it gets activated, yeah. So watch your blood pressure too. That's another really easy thing. So herbs that are good for for preventative um, would be ones that are also circulatory. Mm -hmm. Hawthorne, ginger, Mm -hmm. cayenne, and cayenne is in that recipe. Yep. Yeah. And licorice. And ones, ones that are hormonal balancing, like Chase Tree, is, Chase Tree or Vitex, that would mm-hmm. be another good one. And I think Shisandra is hormonal. Shisandra is yeah. really great for it. People that have that have very high blood pressure needs to stay need to stay away from. Right, yeah. But I have naturally low blood pressure. So licorice is a fine, it's a fine one for yeah, you. Yeah, it helps yeah. stabilize it a little bit. Yeah. So that we also stand up and go right back down again. <laughs> right. <laughs> there she goes. Yeah. But there's... You know, that's getting to know what type of migraine that you have. And I do, yeah. I do put, I, I know there's, there's not a lot of hard science around this, but staying hydrated, I really think is, is an important part of it. From a hormonal perspective, yeah. Staying hydrated helps your body process the hormones that are going through, even if you're midlife like I am and your body's wanting to make too much and then not enough. Yeah. At least when you have good hydration, it moves back and forth. There is a Chinese uh, formula that you liked that you yeah. used. This is one that Zoe recommended. Mm-hmm. And I have found so far each time I've had so ocular migraines show up that it it's worked really well. And she pretty much said, take it at the first sign of them. Take it, you know, just take it like the bottle says until you're, there's no more like for a couple of days until you're, you can tell that it's done. Mm-hmm. And then, and it works for me. It's particular, has a affinity I understand for if it's a hormonal or cyclical style uh, migraine like mine is. Mm-hmm. The name of the formula, the English name of it is Subdue Headwind. And I'm going to try to say the okay. <laughs> Chinese name. I believe it's pronounced Chuan Jiang Cha Tiao San. I hope I said that right. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to judge. You. So anyway, it's you know if you if you're working with an acupuncturist or a someone who does Chinese herbals, mm-hmm. you can ask them about the subdue headwind formula. If okay. you find that you're dealing with hormonal style ones, there it's also a formula that I understand is recommended for allergies like hay fever. Oh, this one is. Yeah. So I think what it's doing is helping to balance hormones and reduce inflammation in the sinuses and the eye area. Huh. But I'm not sure. Yeah, it's got chase tree in it and um it's got a lot of uh mint, uh lovage, angelica, the licorice again, uh green tea, chrysanthemum. I there's a there's a couple here that I just don't even I'm not even going to try to mutilate with I don't know what that is. Cellar root? I don't know what yeah. that is. Yeah, just like it seems like all the Chinese formulas Maybe half them I recognize, mm-hmm. and the other half are so foreign that I'm like, uh, I gotta go be- pull out Jade Remedies and look this up, right, to see if I can figure out what it is. And even then, a lot of them I'm like, oh, I'm completely unfamiliar with this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the Chinese pharm- pharmacopoeia is huge. It is enormous. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I know that uh, Zoe Phelan, she's a great Chinese herbalist went to school for yeah. it and even then she's constantly reaching for her books oh yeah that's yeah one. yeah that's that is centuries upon centuries of study that you can't expect to put all in your own little head no exactly <laughs> don't feel bad folks but yeah i think there's a you know an important thing for keeping track of your migraines uh the exercise also meditation yes yeah you know learning how to calm, calm yourself mind. and keeping Good yourself breath. fit 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people that uh, sometimes have ocular migraines also have trouble with shingles. Mm, yeah. Which that's right. Um, I have the one that the shingles that goes into the eye. Yeah. And that the same eye that it goes into is the same one that my ocular migraines will start from. So lemon balm is a good friend. Yeah. Just keep taking that and then I get bored and then stop taking it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it starts right. off again. So, but, yeah, so we've got, you know, know yourself, try to figure out the origin or type of ocular migraine you've got. Yeah. Make sure it's not from something else more yeah. serious, yeah, you know, exactly. macular degeneration or retinal detachment or any right. of those other spooky things. But most ocular migraines are just, they uh, just are. they're just ocular migraines. Yeah. Sorry. They just are. So yeah, yeah, know all that stuff, exercise regularly, eat a healthy diet, mm-hmm. hydrate, of course. Yep. And then check out the formula mm-hmm. on the Practical Herbalist and consider Subdue Headwind Formula. Yeah. And look at uh, Lemon Balm. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good luck, Dixie. This show is brought to you by The Practical Herbalist. Simple ways to make natural living a part of your daily life. Check out their website at thepracticalherbalist.com.